Uh, welcome to the GFT podcast series, Your Immutable Future. I'm David Creer, and today on the uh, Let's Talk DAML Smart Contracts episode, we're very happy to be joined with Shaw Kafir, the CTO of Digital Assets, which are one of our um, strategic partners in, uh, in, in the DLT and crypto area. So welcome to the show, Shaw. Hi, David. Thank you. Great to be here. Great. So, um, so yeah, today we're going to speak all about DAML. And um, I suppose when we think about DAML, it's, it's clear that DAML or DA, uh, you know, digital asset and the DAML smart, pro, um, smart contract programming language are undoubtedly leading the uh, rest of the companies in, in multi-platform enterprise slash open source smart contracts. What, what do you think has been really your success in, in this area? What's your, what's your secret sauce, would you say? I, I think um, with with demo, we really try to side with the with the customer, with with the user. So um, first of all, maybe to give a first of all, a bit of background about demo for if there's anyone who's, who's unfamiliar with it, um, demo is a framework to which allows us to build uh, allows developers and development teams to build uh, applications for blockchains for distributed ledgers, and the the unique uh, the unique things that that I think made us successful is one we we really went early on and, and had a deep understanding of what customers or potential users of, of blockchains of distributed ledgers were trying to achieve from a business perspective, um, not not just from a technology perspective. And we've been very very focused on enabling the business on uh, development team productivity. That's definitely something that. I personally uh, have as a, as a passion and, and a maniacal focus about, and and we align everything with the users and, and the customers' needs. And that could be the, the developer user, uh, it can be other users, if it's the operations people, the security uh, folks, the business analysts, and it goes all the way to things like uh, even you know, pricing of, of demo. Demo has drivers for multiple distributed ledgers, and pricing is the same for enterprise customers regardless of, of which underlying technology they choose to deploy a demo application to and how much they may be paying for the vendor of that underlying technology. So that, that means we can be real partners with uh, with the customers in making the best technology uh, choices for their needs. Um, but we also work very closely with, with our uh, users, uh, especially in the early days with, with our very early users on seeing what are the pain points in the full software development lifecycle that they have and, and fixing those very quickly to get to the point where a development team can be extremely efficient in in building a blockchain application or a distributed ledger application, and then maintaining the whole cycle of that application uh, all the way through production and the upgrade cycles. That's great. I mean, also, I suppose in, in the past year or so, I've I've seen Daml really boom onto the open source stage. So obviously, everything was kind of you know proprietary prior to that point. Uh, there was a community, but it was it was kind of like a closed wall community almost and what i've seen is is this there's this kind of like great demo community feeling um going on at this point in time and a lot of de developers getting behind it from companies and individuals uh, and writing a lot of content about it and 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 also developing a lot of um, applications in in demo. do you think that in the future will also help spread adoption through through this um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it will. Um, so maybe a bit of background. First of all, I 
come from open source communities. So uh, you, you mentioned that Demo Startups proprietary. From day one of Digital Asset, the company behind uh, Demo, um, Demo was intended to be open source. But I think some of the most successful uh, open source projects, including uh, projects that, that I've worked on, they got to a level, a certain level of maturity before they got open source to the point where it's it's useful from day one and the rate of breaking changes uh, got reduced. So, for example, I was very heavily involved in the Bitcoin community um, uh, in the early days of that community. And Bitcoin itself was something that was airdropped as usable software where most of the kinks were already uh, found before it uh, before it got deployed and it was usable from, from day one. In the past, I've worked on another open source project, a zero knowledge proof library, uh, which today is in, in pretty heavy use uh, by multiple uh, technologies and multiple blockchains. And there we also, we built that, that was in a university setting, but we built that first of all, closed source for quite a few years. And uh, it was airdropped at a point where it was mature enough, still many kinks, but mature enough to be usable and to get the excitement of a community. That's the approach we took with them. Uh, we started, initially it was closed source. Uh, we got a ton of customer feedback, a um, ton of feedback from our own internal development teams who were using Demo. There was a very quick uh, rate of change that also allowed us to to rewrite big portions of the software stack in the first few years. And then in uh, early 2019, we felt that demo is ready for a 1.0. It's mature enough, it's stable enough, we could ensure backwards compatibility. Um, and at that point, we uh, put it in open source. Uh, but I think in, in this day and age, if, if you want something to be really powering uh, infrastructure level software, there is an expectation that deployed software at the infrastructure is open source and you want to get a community behind it. You want to know that there's community support. You want to know that you're not locked in to a uh, to a single vendor. Um, so I definitely see a, the open sourcing demo as a, as a necessary component of getting adoption. But even if it weren't, I think this is just a bit of the the roots of the founders of Digital Asset. We are uh, uh, we're very passionate about open source. We uh, were very heavy users of open source and uh, we knew that uh, we will contribute to open source, and that's that's part of the DNA of the company. And, and indeed, the 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 community uptake that we've seen is great, and and we're having great engagement there, and we're seeing um, uh, we're seeing people build tools around Demo, uh, and that's that's great to see. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I think that that also nicely leads into one of the things that I've had on my mind is in in your in your opinion, what do you think has been um, the most important points in the evolution of the Demo? Uh, of, of Daml smart contract language over the over the years, has there been any additions to the Daml libraries that you think okay, well actually this is a big advancement compared to others? Um, do you see um, big things coming up in the future which will actually change um, the way that people are using Daml? What what do you think have been the big changes? So I can't point to a single uh, uh, big change, but I think as as part of the evolution of Daml. Um, just a, the evolution of, of building it, there are different phases. And at the beginning, we were really building the the core uh, of the language and very focused on how do you how do you model contracts? How do you model uh, contracts in a distributed setting? Um, maybe to give a, a, a bit of background and a, and a, a bit of history, demo really um, its origins are not just with with blockchain. So the the computer science basis of demo started long before blockchains. And I think it was around 2000, there was a paper called uh, Composing Contracts and Adventure in Financial Engineering. Um, uh, that was from a few folks from uh, uh, Microsoft Research and uh, 
and Lexify. And I'm probably uh, I'm probably butchering the quote. But part of that paper, they, they said that it's been a surprise and a delight to discover that um, that many of the insights that are useful in in implementing programming languages can also be applied to uh, to financial contracts. So demo really has a has a very rich basis, and it's been an evolution over many many years, even way before uh, blockchains and distributed ledgers. Um, and, and then it was designed to make it easy to write composable business logic. It, it, it also just so happens that you can then expand that idea into a distributed setting in a forward uh, and clean manner. Um, I think the, the, the biggest change that we've had in demo in terms of the life cycle of developing it over the years at, at Digital Asset is when we were able to, when we felt the language, the core language uh, and, and the SDK was stable enough that we could start focusing much more on, on the broader software development life cycle. Uh, I think a lot of times when, when we build developer tools, um, as an industry, we think about the need to to help the developer, the focus on the developer. But um, and, and we saw that in the early days of, of blockchain, where everything was very developer-centric, but also it was catering to a specific type of developer, who's not the typical developer that you'd have at a large enterprise, at a financial company, at a healthcare company, at a government uh, entity. And that point where we could shift our focus uh, probably that was probably around three years into developing demo, where we could really think about that full experience from uh, a business analyst's needs, a product manager's need, the testers, the operations people, the security people, and start catering to each of those people who are part of the development lifecycle uh, of, of a production application. Uh, I think that's the biggest shift in 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 the experience that a company has. Uh, using demo as opposed to just an individual developer. So one of the one of the big uh, pieces of news this year has been um, that the uh, blockchain service network has decided to use Daml as their as their smart contract language. So basically using uh, Daml for any kind of programming on top of the on top of the blockchain service network. Um, for those that uh, don't know, the blockchain service network. Um, is um, an international organization that's basically creating um, a service network which functions on top of uh, lots of different platforms and builds nodes of shareable blockchain uh, resources for various different platforms that you can therefore access in a much more cost-efficient way um, to be able to build your applications on top of that. This, I, I think this is really you know, a very important offering to be honest with you and i just wanted to know how, how do you think this will affect dlt adoption and daml adoption i suppose in say inside mainline china and and also internationally oh yeah it's, it's a good question i um i agree it's a great project i think when, when i look at the at the, the blockchain services network or, or bsn from a technical perspective i think they've made all of the right design decisions in how they're approaching, uh, how they're approaching deploying a, a network across the whole country and, and specifically China, um, uh, and and they've really taken a kind of first principle approach in looking at and understanding okay what are the needs that we have in terms of deployment, in terms of access, in terms of interoperability between multiple technologies that the users will want to use. So I, I have uh, very high confidence that um, uh, that they're going to to build a great network and and something that has. Um, the capabilities that are that are needed to be adopted. I'll admit I don't know enough about the uh, uh, the, the, the the technological culture, the political culture in China. I, I am 
to talk about the adoption inside mainland China of, of blockchain, I need to know much more than I really know about uh, China. That's my own limitation of, of understanding the country, the people, the technologists. But I know that if anything would succeed in that, that is uh, the, the BSN. Um, so I, I am very, very hopeful and and, uh, and I do have high confidence that that it, it is the enabler that will allow uh, large companies and government entities to start adopting uh, blockchain with full force uh, within China, with all of the restrictions that that exist. There are technology restrictions within China that don't exist elsewhere. And uh, the BSN are, are addressing all of those and, and they chose Daniel because Daniel can address all of those uh, all of those needs. So I, I, I do believe that it will contribute greatly to, to the adoption. Yeah, that, that I mean, I, I see them as being not, you know, obviously uh, the BSN itself, but also in general and in China and, uh, and, and APAC, that whole APAC region really is being so advanced in, in, in this area. So I think that we are going to see a massive adoption um, in, in a lot of different sectors um, and also um, obviously in the, in, in the government there as well. Um, yeah, we, we were mind blown by the adoption of, uh, of, of first of all, distributed ledger technologies and, and specifically of DAML in uh, in the APAC region. Uh, that's not something I, I can necessarily say that I anticipated, but we're seeing seeing adoption. We're seeing um, the the level of technologists is, is very high. We've had very large companies um, within China and, and other uh, Asian uh, countries which who reached out to us and, and said, hey, We've already integrated Daml, and going back to your question about open source, these are, this is one of the great benefits of, of open source. Tech companies reach out and say, "Hey, we've already integrated Daml into our platform. You know, can you take a look at this? Can we collaborate on on certain uh, uh, certain technologies?" And I was really surprised at the the pace of adoption, the uh, the skills of the the engineers that we're seeing um, out of the the APAC region. Um, so I. I do believe that we'll, we will see the APAC region uh, potentially moving even faster than any other region in terms of adoption of, uh, of DLTs and blockchain. That makes sense. Well, thinking about skills, so we have um, a, a large blockchain uh, practice um, here in, in GFT. Let's say we probably have around um, 25, 30 uh, people, experts um, in, in DAML. What, for those people that are not already experts in DAML, what what are your top tips for for getting up to speed and, and, and getting ahead of the pack in terms of, you know, getting involved and becoming DAML driven? Uh, it, it's a great question. I think that's uh, the, the first thing is go to DAML.com. Um, the, the feedback we've been getting about the user experience and, and David, you can probably uh, tell us more about this from, from your experience and, and GFT's experience. Uh, we have been getting feedback that the, the getting started experience is uh, is pretty easy. I would say, get your hands dirty. If if you are if, if you are either a developer or even uh, inclined to technology, um, go to go to demo.com and start going through the getting started. It, it takes a f it really takes less than an hour to go and deploy a first application and start writing a first feature. Um, and that's the nice thing um, that that demo rule is really optimized for that for the developer productivity and, and for the ability to uh, to think about a business use case and not the underlying uh, technologies. So think about the screens, the workflows that you want to implement. So I'd say go try it out. There's an online uh, learning experience where you can go and actually uh, get an online uh, integrated development environment 
deploy a first use case and then start tweaking around with the code, tre tweaking around with the front end code, um, seeing how that works. You know, whet your appetite, and uh, and then as you uh, want to do more, you can go through the full learning experience on on the website. If if anyone is inclined to actually go through uh, formal certification, then then we have that as well, where you can go and get the certification, get the uh, the stamp of approval that uh, you are proficient in in demo, and try to build a your your pet application, whatever you think is uh, is something that you're passionate about and interested about. Uh, and and build that in demo. It, it takes uh, a few minutes to to a few hours to build something uh, simple, and then you can have that uh, pride and joy of deploying that on multiple blockchains and seeing that actually run on on multiple blockchains. I say, I think getting your hands uh, dirty is is the the best way to get started with any uh, any new technology. So get your hands dirty and. Uh... Build your application on Daml. That's what that's what we have to do. That's, that's, I mean, that's great. Yeah. With with any technology, I'd say build something quickly and then show it to you know show it to your friends, show it to your family, uh, you know tweet about it, show it to someone, um, and start getting feedback, and then go through that process of iterating over an application. That really gives you the feel for a technology and how um, how well it uh, it can handle the, that full lifecycle development. Um, but also you get eyeballs on what you've built and get that joy of, uh, of, of feedback and of, of pride of building something. Yeah, that joy of creation. Yep. Okay, perfect. Well, I think we're um, we're coming up to time now, so uh, I'd just like to say thank you to you, uh, Shaul, and just to uh, uh, emphasize everybody to uh, go and check out uh, damo.com if you haven't already, and yeah, build your first uh, Damo application. and. If you, if you need any advice around DAML, please come to GFT as well. And thank you very much for, for, for your time listening. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.